0: Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can be together. Thank you for everything that's already happened today. Thank you that we can come together and have amazing musicians lead us in worship of you and that we get to contemplate and meditate and sing about your goodness and your character. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. Thank you that we get to enjoy the presence of the Father, even to the extent, Lord, that we're so used to it that we can forget to be aware of it. Right now, I ask, Holy Spirit, would you make us more aware of what you're doing right now, more aware of the fact that you're here right now. Blessed be your name, Lord. We love you. Help us today as we look at the scriptures that it, would, that it would inspire us, that it would correct us, that it would direct us, that it would instruct us, and that we'd be equipped to do the work of the ministry and to be sons and daughters, Lord. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our mind. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Well, I'm super excited because I get to talk to you about rest today, and um, I've just really been enjoying this uh, this theme that we've been in with rhythms of a disciple. And you know, uh, um, as I as I was sitting here today and I'm looking at, um, I'm actually I was looking at Max to tell you the truth, this amazing young man going to Ethiopia, and I was remembering that Max on his journey there was a point when he was about what 12, I think, and and he's like, Mom, I'm an atheist, and um, and. But he still had some relationship. And as he had continued to encounter what was going on here and walk through that journey, he went from saying, Mom, I'm an atheist, to I want to be a follower of Christ. And this is going to be, I think, his second SST. And it's just awesome to see what God's doing in our midst. And that's just one story of many. But I think, I think many of us don't realize, you know, there are people that are getting saved and encountering God for the first time all the time. And, we, and I, I just don't want us to forget to celebrate that. To forget to celebrate that God is transforming us and renewing us. And, and I, and I want to celebrate and I want to commend you because y'all are amazing. You're amazing saints. You come into this place and you bring your, your tithe and give it unto the Lord. And you're generous even beyond that in so many ways. You're serving at local aid. You're serving at the mission. You're looking and noticing your neighbors and serving them. I mean, it's just, I just commend you. I just commend you, you amazing followers of Christ. And I think that you should give yourselves a hand because you guys are awesome. It's just wonderful. You know, we, we don't want to grow weary and well-doing, right? Who wants to grow weary and well? You're like, "Well, we're already weary and well-doing. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. Um, here, here's what it is: If you have been experiencing a significant amount of fatigue, I want you to stand up. I'm saying you've been tired. You wake up tired. You go to bed tired. You you live the day tired. You've just felt tired mentally, emotionally. Yeah, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And the rest of all, y'all, you're doing great. Praise God, but reach your hands out. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release encouragement over you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is working mightily in you. I call for a fresh infilling of the power of God that you would be blessed in your sleep, that you would be blessed in your pursuits, that you would be blessed in your assignments, that you would be blessed in your health in every way. I bless you that you would prosper and be in peace even as your soul prospers. I bless you in the name of Jesus with shalom, that you would have every part in your life. There would be nothing missing and everything would be joined together in the way that God has designed it. I bless your relationships, that your communication would be clear. I bless your mind, you have the mind of Christ, and I bless you, that you would be anxious for nothing, but with thanksgiving, let each thing be known unto the Lord, and He is guarding your heart. I bless you in Jesus' name. I speak to a spirit of discouragement right now in the name of Jesus, and I rebuke you. And I tell you, you have to leave right now. I don't have to yell at you. I have authority in Christ to tell you to depart. Right now, in Jesus' name, every assignment, every infirmity, every area where the enemy has come in insidiously and attached himself, well, you've been found out today, and in Jesus' name, the Lord rebuke you. Depart right now, in Jesus' name. You go. Just go. In Jesus' name, just go. And right now, Father, I thank you, and I ask, Lord, that you just begin to bring fresh gifts. I just see the Lord just dropping gifts. (laughs) The Father is a gift giver. The best gift he ever gave was Christ, and like it, the Holy Spirit. Fresh gifts. I just see the Lord just releasing gifts. For some of you, it's money. And come and tell me when it shows up. But I just see the Lord actually releasing financial provision today. I see the Lord bringing new ideas today. For many of you, I see him just bringing a fresh perspective, just reminding you that he sees you, that he did not forget the promises that he made. He's going to keep them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want you to end with this. I just want you to say, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Is my strength. One more time. The joy of the, joy of the Lord is my strength. And why not go a third? The joy of the, Lord is my joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, did you feel something lift off of you? How many of you have actually felt something lift off of you? Right over here. Praise God. Somebody else? All right, It's okay. You don't have to make it up. No, don't ever make something up to make me feel good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray that continued lifting and peace and infilling. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I think that's a good start. You guys want me to just end or should I preach a little bit? Maybe somebody would say end. Okay, fine. I'll preach. All right. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I get to talk about rest. I'm going to jump right in. Here's the first scripture. I think. Come on. There we go. All right. This is Isaiah 58, and the Lord is speaking, and he says this. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's a good promise right there, isn't it? Yeah. I love this. Now, I'm going to point out three different things, okay? And we're going to come back, you're going to hear you're going to hear these themes throughout this preach. The first thing is God has actually linked rest and salvation together. He's actually linked those two things and it's interesting because he uses them interchangeably that when we enter into his rest, part of that sal- part of I'm sorry, when we enter into salvation, we're saved, we actually enter into his rest. I'm going to show you in Hebrews 4 how that works. The second thing is is that God has linked rest and the promised land, That, that He interchanges those two things. He says, they never entered into my rest. They never entered into the promised land because they didn't believe me. God has actually shown us that His promises and the rest that we can enter into, they are the same thing with Him. And thirdly, God has linked rest with believing in his promises. The faith that we engage in, which we're going to talk about in a moment in Hebrews 4, is that we actually believe his promises. And in believing his promises, we, we actually diligently enter into his rest. So, so let's just keep going. All right, here we go. This is the first account of the Sabbath. We're talking about rest, so let's just see where that came from. God after creating everything, he says, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. And thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it, because in it he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. See, it's important to see this. God just created everything. He created man, and the first thing that he did, the first thing that he did with Adam is that he rested with him. You see, it's important for us to realize that our first day with God begins with resting in his finished work. You guys were born again. Your first day with God in salvation was that you rested from trying to save yourself build stuff and do all the things you were doing. You went from trying to be God to being with God. Our first day with God is the Sabbath. And Adam's first day with God was the Sabbath. Isn't that amazing? You see, God wants us to understand that the, that the, that the launching pad for everything that we do, that the foundation for everything that we do is that we're resting in what he has accomplished. I'm going to go through a few scriptures, and I'm going, to just, I'm going to just talk about them, and we're going to pull this all together, okay? So here we go. This is Isaiah 30, verse 15. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, In repentance and rest you will be saved, in quietness and trust is your strength. When God invites us to come to Him, it's interesting, whenever nations have gone away from God, when individuals have gone away from God, God's response to them (coughs) in being restored is, He says this, it's in repentance and rest that you will be saved, in quietness and trust is your strength. You see, God invites us to return to Him in rest, in quieting ourselves. In silencing the voices of self-sufficiency, troubles and work, and to re-enter into his rest. When we're being invited back to this God in whom we first began with rest, when we stray away from him, his invitation is, hey, come back, come back, enter back into my rest. You're striving, you're worrying, you're anxious, you're trying to prove yourself, you're trying to prove to others, you're doing all of these things. And when we get away from him, it's 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 almost always it's a matter of come back and rest in what I have done. Return, quiet yourself, come back to me. In Hebrews 4, I, I mentioned it earlier. Hebrews 4, God speaks of this. He's speaking to the believers and he's, he's commending them and saying, listen. It's important that you don't harden your hearts like the Israelites did. Because though they had the same gospel preached to them that you have preached to you, they didn't mix it with faith. And therefore, all but Joshua and Caleb died in the wilderness, having never entered into the promised land, having never entered into the rest that God had promised. And so he goes on. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. This is, is there's is so much good stuff in Hebrews 4, by the way. All of Hebrews. But Hebrews 4 is probably one of my favorite chapters. But suffice it to say that we must diligently work to enter into God's rest. We Diligently work to enter rest because it is the activation of faith by which we understand and live out having actually been saved. Believing the promises of God. That when Jesus said, it is finished, it was actually finished. When Jesus said, I have renewed you, we're actually renewed. When Jesus said, you're now a son or a daughter, you no longer have to work to be a son or a daughter. We have to diligently work to enter into that rest. Why? Because if we don't, the opposite happens. And what we end up doing is working to prove that we're worthy. Working to build. Working to go back into self-sufficiency. You see, Christ is our salvation and rest. And one major thing that we practice in entering into that rest offered to us is to stop working and distracting ourselves to death and trust Him by becoming still and diligently entering into a weekly rhythm of rest, ceasing working and creating, and starting to enjoy delighting in the gifts he's given. You see, without us embracing a rhythm of rest, we will very quickly fall out of embracing the reality of the salvation that we've chosen and the kingdom of which we're a part of. We will begin to look just like the rest of the world What do I mean by that? What did Jesus say? He said, listen, seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these things will be added to you. Your father knows that you need houses and clothes and food. And all the pagans run after that stuff. Your father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom, and then these things also will be added to you. See, he knows what we need. But if we are not embracing the same things. Jesus kept the the Sabbath, by the way, guys. Jesus kept the Sabbath. He was in a rhythm of rest as well. Now, he got in trouble because he healed on the Sabbath, and the legalists got after him for that, but he kept the Sabbath. And it's important for us to keep a Sabbath. Now, am I saying it has to be a certain day? I'm not saying it has to be a certain day. Jesus speaks to that, and we'll get to that in a moment. But the reality of it is we are invited to keep a rhythm of rest. I'll prove it to you. Let's go to this next verse. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now Jesus is answering, actually I just referenced this a moment ago. Jesus is answering the criticism of the Pharisees who were saying, you're not allowed to heal people on the Sabbath, that's working. (laughs) Which is ridiculous, isn't it? And Jesus responds and says this, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now catch what he's saying here. The Sabbath was made for, it was a gift. The Sabbath was a gift to us. God actually sanctified and blessed the seventh day when he ceased from his work because he wanted us to value rest the same way that he values it. God didn't make the seventh day blessed and holy because he was tired. Because we know God doesn't get tired. He wasn't like, whew, I am so exhausted. I just need to take a little breaky-poo, and since I'm doing that, I better make it holy. No, he said, I'm going to bless this day, and my very first day with the crown of creation, with Adam, which is all of humanity, by the way, because we were in Adam, is going to be that we're going to come from that place of rest, because I value rest. I value connecting with my kids and them delighting in the Sabbath. What did Isaiah 58 say? Delight in the Sabbath. Delight in this gift that I've given to you. Find the things that you delight in when you're with me and do those things on the Sabbath because I've given you all things. Enter into my rest. Delight in what I've accomplished. Isn't that amazing? See, God created all things, gives them over to Adam, and says, Now, delight in these things that I've given you. And we're going to start with a day of rest. I have a job for you to do, but the job that you do comes from the position of rest. You don't get rest because you earned it, you get rest because I gave it to you. And then we're going to go out and we're going to do a lot of work this week, and it's going to be awesome. And then at the end of that week, you know what we're going to say? It is very good. And then we're going to take a break again and have another Sabbath, and we're going to delight in it. And then we're just going to rinse, wash, and repeat. It's a gift. It's a gift. Now, Jesus, when he's speaking to us, look at the language that Jesus uses as he's preaching the gospel to us. He says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The gospel is bringing rest back to the people who who are lost. Do you know what we do without God? We work ourselves to death. Even if you're not physically, you you might be somebody who struggles with the discipline of work. And and there's some verses for you as well, such as, if you will not work, you will not eat. It's in the Bible. So you need to be diligent, okay? That's fine. There may be a couple of you there. But I dare say, even if you're someone who needs to learn how to work consistently, that's not the only, like, you need to physically go to work, okay? Be encouraged, go to work, all right? But here's the thing, even if you're someone who doesn't work consistently, you will find that you still strive mentally. You still constantly, for many people who aren't working, it's actually because they're a perfectionist and they're trying to engage in their destiny, so they refuse to commit to anything. So every day, your life, you're, you're, you hear in your, in your little head, you hear that voice that says, you're not a world changer, you're, it's not good enough, this isn't your destiny, you need to be working, you need to figure out what your destiny is, you need to figure out what your destiny is, you need to get in there and make a difference and this isn't good enough, and so, so you never commit to any jobs because you're afraid that you'll fail. But you're still working mentally, you're still trying to prove yourself to someone which ironically results in you being absolutely paralyzed but it still works you're still working you're still anxiously moving you're still trying to be self-sufficient even if for in that moment you're paralyzed are you with me this this i know this is resonating with some of you but it works and the lord says to you come to me you who are heavy laden and weary and i will give you rest but we have to learn how to start doing that so so here's the good news you get to start with the sabbath and then go get a job all right, for those, okay? That was free. But he's saying, you have an invitation to enter rest from your own efforts of building, of saving the world, of creating, of worrying, of trying to establish your identity. He starts to invite us. He says, let me give you rest for your souls. These are some lyrics from a great song by Josh Gerl's, uh, The Resistance. My rest is a weapon against the oppression of man's obsession to control things. How many of us have run into that, Right? I mean, and here's the thing, guys, without Christ, we have the same obsession. Without Christ, we're constantly, we're constantly working. We're constantly moving, we're constantly trying to make the conversation go the way we want it, get the sale to go the direction we want it, get the person to do the thing we want them to do, get our spouse to finally listen to us because we're right. Just kidding. Right? An obsession to control things. Why? Because if God is not in, in the position, that he needs to be in. If he hasn't actually completed the work, then who has to take care of it? We do. And so what happens? We end up on that merry-go-round, and we can't get off. But if we turn to the Lord, he begins, he begins to say, enter into my rest. And we can enter into his rest, and in so doing, in so doing, we actually resist the momentum of this world that says, make your own way, make your own name, do something significant, be somebody, change the world, blah, blah, blah. Those are wonderful things on their own, okay? But they become misguided if that's all there is. God is the only one that can set us free from the slavery of having to prove something to everyone all the time. God is the only one that can, that can set us free from the slavery of having to prove something to ourself all the time. God is the one that says, your first day of every week is in rest with me as you contemplate and meet with me in what I have done. See, he takes all that pressure off of us and he says, I want you to delight in me and what I've accomplished in your salvation, in the promises that I've made and in who I am and that I'm trustworthy. In that every breath that you draw, I gave you. Every beat of your heart, I gave you. Every synapsis that snapses." I gave you. you, It's a gift. And when we turn and we say, Lord, I will diligently seek to enter into that rest, we delight in him and he in us. And what we're saying is, we're saying, I have all my faith in you, God. I refuse to allow myself to be driven and imprisoned by a culture that is addicted to work. Addicted to, come on, right? Right? Frank Sinatra, I did it my way, right? you got to be the self-made person. you got to prove to the world that you had what it took. You made a difference. But it becomes misguided, and you actually become a slave to virtuous things. You become a slave to things that are very good when you don't take the Sabbath. You become a slave to even good things. And God is inviting us to say, here is part of the path I give you. Embrace a weekly rhythm of rest and let that set the tone for your daily rhythms because now you're living from rest as opposed to striving until you exhaustedly collapse in a heap. I heard it said that we will either rest on the Sabbath or cancer or diabetes or pneumonia or some other disease will force you to take a Sabbath. I'm not saying that as a judgment. I'm saying when we allow our bodies to actually regenerate because we're in a rhythm of rest, it deals with stress. Stress causes 80% of all disease. Our rest is a weapon against the oppression of the enemy and man's obsession to control things. Come on. So let me just uh, make a couple more points and I want to get real practical on this, on how we can do this. I love this, Okay. In no way alarmed by your opponent, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. Okay, when we are resting, when we're in a place of rest, it actually destroys the work of the devil. And when we're not anxiously wringing our hands like, oh man, you know, the Illuminati's got it going on now. Oh, the political parties that I happen to be affiliated with right now are either winning or losing or not doing it right. Whatever it is. Oh, the economy. Whatever it is, right? You know, the hand wringing. You're getting defeated. But when you and I say, wait a minute, the Lord has done all things for my good. And he'll work in the midst of all things for my good. My rest is a sign to the enemy that he's already lost. My rest is a nuclear bomb that God drops on the enemy to remind him that Jesus Christ won a complete victory. And I prophesy it. I speak it. How do I speak it? That the enemy's going, booga, booga, booga. And the world's going, ah. And I'm going, oh, I'll prove it to you. All right, Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So Jesus wins a complete victory. He fulfills this scripture. The Father now, where is Jesus right now? He's at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing? Sitting down. That is not a lot of effort in sitting down. How are you guys doing? You're sitting down. I'm working way harder than you right now, by the way. Right? Is not to, it's, You're chillaxing. It's nice. Jesus is doing the same thing. And God is making the enemy his footstool. As Jesus is resting from having accomplished his work now, God is making the enemies a footstool. And how are we participating in that? I'll show you. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him. And listen to this. And seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. What is that saying? We received what Jesus created in the area of salvation. Not of the works that we've done that we could boast, but we just receive it and rest in the promise of Christ. Christ is the Sabbath. He did it. And he did it before we even asked for it. And now all we do is we receive it. And, here's what's crazy, we're seated in Christ, who right now is seated next to the Father, waiting while we are making the enemy his footstool, and how do we do that? By resting. Part of what we do is we look at the enemy, and he's like, booga, 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 and we go, man, this is a nice day. It is a prophetic day act when we rest we are actually declaring to the enemy Jesus won a complete victory my father's coming you've only got a little bit of time Satan because my daddy loves kids and there's a whole bunch of kids yet to be born that's the only reason why we get to hang out right now enemy in fact if you're around I tell you what I'll start singing the Lord a song the Lord is my shepherd I shall not be in want you enjoying this he makes me lie down In green pastures, right? Come on. You enter into his rest. So for those of you that are like warfare motivated, and I know some of you are, get excited. This is the best warfare you can do is to completely ignore the enemy. I'm already giving him more credit and attention right now just to help you, by the way, than I would normally. I don't spend a lot of time talking to the devil. He's a liar. It's useless. But here's what I do like to do. I like to ignore him. I really do. And, I, and you know how we get to do that? By resting. He comes in and says, worry about this, think about that, prove this, do that. And we go, Jesus won a complete victory. I am diligently seeking to enter into the rest of God. And in fact, as I do it, it destroys the work of the devil. So what does this look like? Well, the first thing you're going to have to do. See, this rhythm constantly preaches to your own soul. And renews you this is physical this is emotional this is spiritual and this is financial this is such a beautiful thing that you take a day now Jesus said I'm Lord of the Sabbath and he freed us from the 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 legalism of saying it has to be on Saturday it doesn't have to be on Saturday it's a gift but for you it has to be every seventh day okay the key thing is it's got to be every seventh day that you set aside a day and you go, I'm going to rest. I'm going to practice this rest. So the first thing all y'all need to do if, you're, if you believe this, and I know that you do, is you got to pick a day. And then you're going to have to fight so hard for this day. I'm telling you, if you haven't done this, wait till you pick a day. Like you haven't seen spiritual warfare, which comes mostly through really irritating things. Phone calls, flat tires, just the dumbest stuff. People calling you up, I'm in town, bro, and I haven't been around forever. You want to come help me move? It's like, what? <laughs> so the point is, you'll have to fight for this, okay? But it, the fight will get easier, but I'm just telling you up front pick a day and then get ready that you're going to have to fight for this. You're going to have to fight to diligently enter the rest. Pick a day. Put it on your calendar, by the way. Don't just pick a it, day. Oh, it's going to be Wednesdays. We'll tell your wife. And then she's going to tell you Wednesdays aren't going to work. And then pick the day she says and put it on the calendar. All right. <laughs> then you're going to decide, okay, for rest. What is rest? What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, one, go to the Psalms. There's fantastic ideas there. But here's, here's, here's some key things I want you to think about as you enter into rest. Number one, part of the Sabbath, as it says in Isaiah 58, is to delight in the Sabbath. What, de- what delights you? God didn't say fast on the Sabbath. You feast on the Sabbath. What is the delightful food that when you eat it, you go, oh, yes. Make that food. That is a fan. Get that food and cook it. Smell it. Delight in the Father. What kind of music makes you happy? Play that music. Find the things. I've got this backwards. I just did it the opposite of how I have it written up there. Okay. I'm just going to put the other one up, and then I'll feel better. All right, so we're doing the third one right now. Find the things that make you delight in the Lord. Find the things that are delightful that he created for you. Go check out nature. Go on a hike. Take a nap. I love naps. Get your nap on, you know. Just do it. Just mm. get it. Get it. Figure out what delights him and you and get it. Do it. List it. List some of those things. And, if, and, and, and do it as a family. Find out some of the things that you all delight in. Don't try to make everybody happy. Just do some facets here, okay? (laughs) That would become not delightful. We're going to do everything on this list today. Now it's not a Sabbath anymore. (laughs) All right. Work it out. Engage your brains. But find the things that you're going to delight in, okay? And then here's the other thing. What's some activities that I am not going to engage in? Because I'm going to enter into rest. I would say this. If it plugs in. Don't do that on the Sabbath. If it requires electricity, just, unless it's your hot tub, don't do it. I'm telling you. Like, you have to, you know what, you have to pray and fast and see if the Lord gives you a pass on this one. Yeah, that's right, legalism, that'll fix it. No, I'm just saying as a suggestion, if it communicates to you, (laughs) get rid of it for that day. Unplug it. Well, I need to have my phone on because what if a disaster happens and someone needs to get hold of me? Well, god do you think maybe you as the lord of the universe could take a day off or is there an actual god that could probably take care of that while you take one day off come on right how many of us are like i'm that important if i can't get a phone call for one day out of the week the world may end i would say that that might be an indicator for some of us and i'm just talking about me i'm just talking about me Unless there's a couple other brave souls that will admit that that's you too. So so think about these things. What am I not going to engage in? Because they actually, you know, Doug was talking with me. They actually, the things that I'm not going to engage with are the things that take energy away. They require output, whether it's mentally or physically or emotionally. They're going to drain me. I need to not engage in those on the Sabbath. The things that fill me up, I'm going to engage in those things. The things that cause delight. And then lastly, pray and ask God to help you (laughs) as you commit to entering into his rest. God wants to teach us how to make this the launching point for every week. That we're launching into the week having spent the first day with him. You see, God's seventh day was our first day. And that's salvation. That's the gospel that we're preaching to people is, I'm not worried because I was born into rest. I'm not worried because my inheritance, the inheritance of Jacob that causes me to live on the heights, was something that I inherited. How much work do you do for an inheritance? So you start with that. See, that's the gospel that we preach to our own soul, to our own spirit, to our own family, and then we live from that place, and it changes the way we live. So those are a few ideas. And, and I want to ask you, jot these down, and we'll we'll have this on the website, we'll have this list as well. But take these and, and build on this. But God didn't make this complicated. The Pharisees made it really complicated, and Jesus set us free from that. God made this amazing. He just said, take the Sabbath, which was been given as a gift to you, and delight in it. You have permission to unplug from the mission once a week. Wow, you have permission to take a break from even the things that are very good and rest because God said from that place he wants us to live. You have permission to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to your own soul and to your own body and to your own spirit and to the people around you by resting once a week. And he invites you to do that. And he says, in fact, as you do this, everything else starts to work because now that has begun the tempo of how your your work is going to look. Because now you're going to work from a place of rest instead of working until you're so exhausted you have to sleep. It's a big difference. Amen? Was this helpful? All right, praise God, praise God. All right, well, the uh, prayer servant team is coming up as well as the elders, they're gonna come up. And uh, if you need prayer today, please let us pray with you. We wanna strengthen you and encourage you. And and by the way, you don't have to be falling apart to get prayer, like I would love for you guys to come up and say, hey, listen, I've got this dream and I'm engaging with my local school and I think it's gonna change like the GPA standards for all of Oregon when this thing finally takes off. And I need some prayer because I gotta get it off the ground. Hey, I'm, I want some prayer today because I have an amazing business idea, and I just want you to agree with me that it's going to take off. I need prayer because my marriage is amazing, and it's so good, but I'm thinking it could be better. All right, so get those kinds of prayers too, hey? All right, the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. and May he give you peace. Amen. Love you guys.